what you're really purchasing is is peace of mind and mm-hmm. and protection that I can't um, b- before I can build and accumulate wealth, whether we're talking on the, the personal side with home and auto insurance or a business, um, before you can accumulate, you obviously have to protect what you already have. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us on the Financial Pathway Podcast with Nate Skelly, where we discuss important financial questions and give you practical advice to guide you on your financial journey. If you enjoy the podcast, consider subscribing and leaving us a review. You can also follow the Financial Pathway page on Facebook for more helpful financial tips and videos. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Financial Pathway podcast. I'm excited to introduce my guest with us today. We've got John Gall and uh, glad to have him on the podcast. We're going to talk about some practical ways to make sure you're getting best possible insurance coverage, best possible prices. Insurance is a, is a very broad topic. And of course, we're not gonna be able to talk about everything today, but we'll, we'll get into some practical stuff. So John, thanks for being on the podcast. Why don't you uh, take a moment, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, so I'm in uh, insurance, as you mentioned, uh, work at an agency in Littleton, Colorado and been doing it uh, for about a year and a half and doing commercial business insurance as well as personal home and auto. And um, yeah, really, really enjoying what I've been doing so far. Um, Insurance obviously isn't the most exciting thing, but uh, part of insurance obviously is is related. I know, right? (laughs) Crazy. But uh, yeah, what what I've been enjoying is really the relationship side of things. And uh, insurance is obviously not something that everyone knows a ton about. I think people have a a general idea of it, but being able to educate um, and and feel like you're helping people. And, uh, and yeah, so it's, it's been a fun ride so far. Awesome. Well, I I appreciate you taking some time to, uh, to jump on this podcast with me, John, because you're in the insurance world. So you bring a little bit of a different perspective. I Mm -hmm. think, uh, I think for many of us, we can tend to think of insurance as like a necessary evil. Like right. I have to have car insurance. I have to have home insurance. I have to have health insurance. Like if I've got right. a business organization, we got to have insurance here. And so, you know, for a lot of us, it's just, it's just something I, I have to have. And so I, I, I have it and I pay it every month. And then I think there's also like, some maybe have more of like a cynical view of insurance. So that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Insurance is not the most interesting topic. I was like, what? Right. I mean, insurance yeah. famously is not like, you know, the most riveting dinner conversation material. Um, <laughs> and I, I think um, like for myself, sometimes when I think of insurance, you, you think of the, um, the, the stereotypical like insurance salesman guy. Like, do you remember the movie oh, yeah. Groundhog Day? Yeah, yeah. Ned Ryerson, the the <laughs> insurance sales guy. So I think <laughs> you know, for for a lot of people, they have maybe an indifferent or maybe in some ways a cynical view of insurance. Yeah. Um, that's not how I look at it. I think insurance is very important. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't say John come on the show. <laughs> but um, I think the role of insurance in our financial lives is so key. Mm-hmm. But it's it's more about perspective. So. So right. when you talked about to people about insurance, like what, what were some thoughts that you would give on how we have insurance in proper perspective in our lives and, and where we, you know, what role it plays? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. I think it's just go back to what you're saying just a second ago. Obviously 
the stereotypes are there for a reason, right? Boring or sleaze bags. So trying to, yeah, like you said, trying to change the conversation a little bit with people and change their perspective on it is, is really important. And the way I, I try and approach it is insurance is a building block for wealth accumulation. What you're purchasing, yeah, like you said, people view it as a necessary evil, but what you're really purchasing is, is peace of mind and, mm-hmm. and protection that I can't, um, b- before I can build and accumulate wealth, whether we're talking on the, the personal side with home and auto insurance or a business, um, before you can accumulate, you obviously have to protect what you already have. And so I think if you can change the way you look at it a little bit, it'll help you uh, make smarter decisions and, um, and, and, and just uh, better protect yourself just by simply, as you mentioned, changing how you view it. Yeah, I, I, think, um, I, I think that's a good way of putting it. It's a building block. Um, sometimes the way I've explained it to people is I, I, I put a, like a pyramid in front mm-hmm. of them and at the bottom is organization. Like you got to have a budget, you got to pay off debt, you got to have an emergency fund. Like you got to do certain basic things so you're not just bleeding money out continually. Right. But then that second layer of that pyramid is, well, part of that, that layer is insurance. You've got to protect mm-hmm. because, I mean, if you don't have proper coverage, whether we're talking about life insurance or health or home mm-hmm. or what, what, whatever, if you don't have a solid foundation, you can be out there and you can be making good money and your business can be you know, bringing in, in, in revenue. But if you're leaving yourself vulnerable to a freak occurrence, well then, you know, you're, you're, you're going all the way back to square one. And in some cases, you know, even, even less than square one. So yeah, I oh, think absolutely. that's a good way of, of viewing it. It's a building block. Um, so, I mean, my advice always to, to, to people is listen, you got to have proper insurance coverages in place. That's a really important part of your, 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 your foundation. But of course we have to have insurance coverage, but we don't, have to overpay where I'm not saying just right. any insurance out there and doesn't matter what it's cost. Cause you have to have it. We can be smart uh-huh. about it. So, um, so let, let's talk a little bit about saving on insurance. Um, yeah. because there's two dangers. Yeah. You certainly, you, you've seen examples where people are overpaying, you know, they've got mm-hmm. their insurance, but it's like, wow, you're paying so much more than you have to. But then sometimes people are, they're so bent on saving money on their premiums that they're underinsuring themselves. Yeah. yeah, it's a delicate balance. And especially, I mean, this this year, right, with with what we're going through and maybe sure. people have been furloughed or the income's not quite what it has been. I yeah. mean, so, yeah. yeah, this is an important conversation to even, maybe you haven't thought about insurance in a long, long time. Maybe take a look. Maybe you are overpaying or maybe you're underinsured. But yeah, it is a balance. And I think the way, if you are you know, dead set on trying to save a little bit of premium dollars that you're paying out. I would encourage people to, to, to look at maybe not lowering their coverage, but, but maybe look at increasing a deductible, whether that be on the home or, or on the auto. Um, and, and I think I've heard you talk about this before, Nate, but on an older vehicle, maybe someone's driving uh, in 05 or, or even older than that. Uh, that that's at a point where you would have to think through, do I even need to have comp and collision on this? 
is right. it, is it worth it for me to yeah. do that? Can I, can I get away with just, um, paying the liability? Um, and, and so, and, and if you've had your insurance for a long time and never really reviewed it or taken a look, you, you could be paying dollars for something that you'll probably never use, um, right. having the complete collision. But, but yeah, I would, I would say, um, d- don't lower the coverage. What, what I like to see on the personal auto side is, is 250,000, 500,000 for, for your liability. That's per person and per accident. I think that gives you yeah. a, a good amount of coverage and, and you can have a peace of mind with that. And, and maybe you're at a $500 deductible, maybe increase that to a thousand. Um, yeah. And, and the other thing too, that's a great point. Uh, a lot of people forget about being able to raise their deductible and that will help save them money. If you've got an emergency fund in place, Mm-hmm. that's what that's for is for those emergencies. So you get in a car accident or, or there's a claim on the house. If you can afford to take a thousand dollar hit or a $2,500 hit, whatever the, the right. deductible happens to be, well, that can help save you some money on a monthly basis. If you're mm-hmm. really set on yeah, lowering your premium. Yeah. And I was going to, I was just going to say, if you're really set on it, I don't know that I would always recommend that, but if you, need to save money or want to, that would definitely be an option for you. And, and on the home side too, I don't know, you, you know, uh, I don't write a lot of home insurance in Florida, obviously where you're at, but with the hurricanes, I don't know what those type of deductibles look like where that fits in, but I know here in Colorado, um, it, it's the wind hail deductible on the home. And that's yeah. something you really have, have to look at. And knowing that hail is most likely going to be inevitable at some point, um, you're probably going to pay that deductible. So you just got to be careful too. When you, when you talk about raising deductibles, well, what's the likelihood that you're going to have to pay it? And does it make sense for, you know, if you're going to save $200, that's great, but you just rose your deductible by four grand. Are are you going to have to pay that three years from now when you have that claim? So just really have to think through that kind of stuff too. That's a great point. You know, um, for Florida, everybody here, of course, is, is well aware of hurricanes and, um, here in Pensacola, you know, it's, it's pretty reasonable that every 10, 15 years, we're going to have a, a fairly big hurricane come through. And so uh, there's a good chance on a fairly regular basis that you know, you're going to have to use your deductible. So yeah, when you, you start doing the math, it's like, yeah, I can bump up my deductible, but will my savings from that really add up to more than that amount over time? For sure. And, yeah. and a lot of times uh, it, it, the answer is probably no. So yeah, yeah, good point. And the rule we kind of use is, or I use, I should say, is, is about three years. You know, if you're going to increase your deductible, uh, you want that to pay off within three years. So what I mean by that is, is maybe you have a thousand dollar wind hail and to, to, to jump to a 5,000 wind hail, you're going to save 300 bucks for the year. Um, well, you're going to have to go claim free why did I, pick? I should have picked something with easier numbers than that, but you're going to have to go claim free for like eight, nine, 10 years. Yeah. And I, I was trying to do the math too. And I wasn't, I wasn't clicking. No, it's going to be a I while. Yeah. It's going to be a while. You have to go claim free to, to make up the money on that. Um, so you so say, yeah, just, just stuff you, you want to think through before you say, Oh, look, I can save, I can save some money here. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Is that cost going to catch up to you at some point? Um, right. So, right. So there's some obvious risks with insurance that we're trying to avoid hail or a hurricane or a car accident, stuff that comes to mind. But as, as we talked kind of uh, before this podcast, I think one of the biggest risks that is not so much top of mind is liability. We live mm-hmm. in a very litigious world today. Um, lawsuits are, are, are thrown out pretty quickly. 
Um, right. And so that's, it's something, especially from an organizational or business standpoint, but even on a personal side, liability is important. You know, when we're talking about auto insurance or even your home insurance, um, what, what are some thoughts you can give us on liability insurance, making sure that we're, we're, uh, aware of that, making sure that we're covering mm-hmm. for that, because I think that's one of the areas that people are not as familiar with is, is the liability insurance piece. Yeah. On that, I would say the easiest and best thing for you to do without even having to, to know a ton is get an umbrella policy. And so what the umbrella is going to do is it's going to sit on top of your auto liability and your home liability. And so where that would come into play is, is on the auto side, you cause an accident and it's a car full of people an SUV, I don't know, seven people in it or whatever. And you send all of them to, to the hospital, uh, that, that $500,000 of liability that you have on the auto limits, if, if you have good insurance is probably, I mean, if it's a severe accident, probably be eaten up pretty quick and sure. it could potentially could be if it's a bad one. And, and so that's where the umbrella comes in and just gives you another layer of protection. Um, and then, then on the home side, it's, it's like the slip and fall type of stuff. And and you would hope that the people you're having over to your home, even though it is a litigious society are not going to sue you, but you never know. I mean, I, you know, someone, uh, someone you don't know very well over or whatever, someone jumps into your yard, slips. Basically the lesson here is don't don't have anyone over ever. (laughs) Yeah. Just stop that. Can, can we have them sign a waiver before they come into (laughs) into the house? Perfect. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where that would come, come into play in that umbrella. And I mean, I, I don't want to overpromise, under deliver, you call your, your insurance agent to find out, but I mean, on a million dollar umbrella, I mean, a hundred to $300, it, it's not going to be for the year. Yeah. Um, and so for just, umbrella policy. Yeah. just peace of mind is what you're buying there. And obviously for the business side of things, if there's any business owners out there, um, super, super important that you would have one of those, um, but, but even for, for, for homeowners as well. And I would say the general rule of thumb is make sure the, the liability that you have is more than your net worth. And, um, so I, you know, obviously this, the audience, uh, going to be a wide range of, of where we're at, but, um, I, I would say that's the general rule. Make sure liability is, is, uh, more than your net worth. Right. Right. Yeah. Because if, if it's not, then they could come after your, your assets. Potentially. Yeah. Is that, that's, yeah. That's, up, yeah. Okay. That's the line of thought. There's why you'd want to have that. And every, it's going to be different, different places, but um, yeah. 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 So especially for somebody that's got a, a, a fairly high net worth, um, it just protects from, from being in that situation where it's like, Oh, I, you know, my coverage was half a million dollars but their expenses or whatever the lawsuit is, is going to be more than that. So now they're coming after my personal assets to pay the Correct. difference. Yeah. Gotcha. Correct. Um, yeah. So when, when shopping for insurance and by the way, um, my recommendation is that at, at every two to three years, especially on the auto and, and home side, shop around your insurance. It's really not that difficult to do. It doesn't take a lot of time. And in a, in a lot of cases, it's, it's going to save you several hundred dollars. Um, yeah. Unless I'm your agent, I wouldn't say never shop it. 
probably. <laughs> if you're with John, then you always are guaranteed the best rates. The best, the best. No, but I agree. And I, Nate, I would even say, I mean, every year take a look at it. I mean, maybe that's yeah. too much for people, but um, I think I do for, for myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess when I'm saying two or three years, I'm like at a minimum for me, I just like to, to check it just because I do. Um, right. So, so, and it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. It's not like you have to pay a hundred dollars every time you shop around your insurance. It's no in quotes. So and if you're um, with a, if you're with an, an, a brokerage, a broker, and they have access to a lot of carriers, I mean, it is not hard and really they should be doing that anyways. Um, reshopping it every year to, right. to make sure you're with the best carrier. Cause obviously insurance, I mean, it's, it's up and down. Uh, their rates are going to change all the time. And so you might have a great rate this year. um, But, but chances are there's, there could be another carrier out there that's going to get you a way better premium. Yeah. um, Take a, take a second, John, explain to the listeners difference with going with a broker versus just, just directly with a a carrier. Yeah. So a, a captive agent is what they're called, like an all state, a state farm, that type of thing. I mean, you have access to their product. Um, when you, when you go with the broker, um, you're going to have, they have access to from a dozen to two dozen, three dozen diff- different carriers to place you with. And, and so really they're just going to do a lot of legwork to legwork to make sure you're getting the best rate and the best value for what you're paying. Um, I, I mean, you know, maybe you're with a, a captive and you're getting a great rate right now. I know sometimes people that have been with an all state or state farm, are grandfathered into some crazy rate with a low deductible and you know, they're not changing on them. That's awesome. Stay there. But I would at least say to take it to a broker and let them shop it for you just so you know. Right. And that's what I've done for our insurance is I've, as I've used a broker because basically, I mean, what, what I want is I want the best coverage for the best price. And so, I mean, it makes sense to shop it around and that's what a broker can do. Yeah. Certainly not trying to throw, um, any captive agents under the bus. That's, that's totally fine. It's, um, but to me, it's like, Hey, if, 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 if you're wanting to make sure that you're doing the best you can for, um, you know, your, your coverage and for your premiums, then, you know, you need to shop it around. That's what a broker can do for you. Um, John, I also wanted to quickly cover some, some, uh, topics on the church side. I know that, uh, a lot of our listeners uh, are either pastors or uh, they work for a church in some capacity. So uh, what advice would you have like for pastors, for churches? Because the church insurance side is going to be a little bit of a different animal. And so I, I thought we, maybe we could talk about that a little bit. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, there? no, that, that's a really good question. And, and that there's going to be a lot. I know it's not a ton, not like it's crazy overwhelming, but there is a decent amount to that. So I guess, first of all, I would say um, try and bring someone to that conversation with you as as a pastor. I mean, if you've been a pastor for a long time, you've probably had a lot of these discussions and are really well versed in the coverages you need. But Mm -hmm. I would say, first of all, bring someone into that conversation with you, maybe someone in your church who owns a business or has dealt with insurance for a long time to, to help you with that. But a, a couple of things to answer your question specifically that, that I would tell people to really look at their policy is the sexual misconduct liability, just absolutely something you need to have on your policy. And if you know, you're with a decent agent, it's going to be on there. 
but I would just say to double and, and triple check just because defense costs, like, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, we're so happy. Uh, right. And so defense costs are crazy high. We're, and we're talking about, what we're talking about here is an allegation, right? So, so obviously if there's something that has happened in your church, that needs to be dealt with through the authorities. We're talking about an allegation. That's not true. You have to go defend yourself. Um, those costs are going to be insane. And, and so then the simple, th- the, some simple practical things to do to, to, to help you potentially lower premium um, as you talk with the underwriters at whatever carrier you choose to go with um, to, to show them that you're actively trying to prevent things from happening. I mean, simple, no brainer stuff. Hopefully it's happening in your church, but um, you know, background check all your staff and, and all your volunteers. I mean, just that's bare minimum that needs to happen. I heard of one, one yeah. church, no, no name drop in here, but uh, one oh, church. No, who please, would, by all means, name drop. <laughs> I know, right? Um, one, one church would gather background checks from people, have them fill it out, and then they would not. They didn't want to pay to, to get them run. So they their thought process was if they were willing to take the the application or the background check and fill it out, then they have nothing to hide and and will be good. So. Saving oh themselves dollars by doing that, just just not just not smart. Um, no, so no. so background check staff, even volunteers, um, they have really strict rules about taking kids to the bathroom and, and have a yeah. policy, have it written down. Uh, always have two volunteers in a room. I know uh, from working in churches mm-hmm. and and being involved in the church, it's really easy to not have that. Right, sure. volunteers limited. We don't. Um, you know, it can be easy to, to, to not do that, but I would just say really do your best to always have two people in a room. And then again, this is simple, no brainer stuff, but, but yeah, sexual misconduct liability, definitely want to make sure that's on there. And another thing um, that I don't know if, if it's, you know, as well known, but it, it's called professional liability slash uh, counseling acts liability. A lot of pastors and, and staff at churches do a lot of counseling. Uh, whether that be a teen or marriage counseling, whatever that might look like, um, that that coverage, pretty cheap to get thrown onto a policy, is going to protect you from accusations of emotional harm. Or, hey, we took that advice, we're a married couple, and it did the exact opposite. Uh, you You lied to us, now I'm in a worse spot, I'm getting divorced now because of your advice. Um, and, and so defense costs for, for the counseling that, that you're going to do as a church. Gotcha. Uh, that, there's some great points. Um, I mean, it's important that, that any church, any organization is taking steps to protect everybody involved because, right. you know, sadly, I mean, we, we know that abuse and misconduct happens in churches. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's sad, but it's the reality. And if anybody should be taking proactive steps to protect people from abuse, I mean, it should be those who follow Christ who are, you know, I mean, they should be on the front lines of that. So that's why you do the background checks. That's why you have strict policies. That's why you, that's why you put those, those things in place because you need to protect those that are innocent. And at the same time, you protect the members of your church, the people who are sacrificially giving to support the ministry 
they need protection too to not opening yourself up needlessly to a lawsuit or to liability because of some negligence on your yeah. part. Uh, you know, I think that's an important part of it too. Yeah. And I, 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 that's a great point, Nate, that I didn't um, think about till you just mentioned that. I, I think it would be easy to, to look at insurance as a church as a necessary evil that, man, all these dollars as a church going to insurance. But, but like you just mentioned, so many people giving sacrificially and to, to think that because we didn't take insurance seriously or make sure we had the correct coverage, all of these dollars that have been sacrificially given will now have to go to, to pay for some sort of claim that could happen. And it could be anything like the building or the section, whatever right, claim right, right. it is, yep. all these church dollars go instead of going to further the gospel are having to go to something that should have been easily uh, taken care of just by taking a look at the insurance. Right, right, exactly. Well, John, thanks so much for, again, for taking a few minutes to talk. I mean, th- there was, there was so much in there. It was, it was really just packed with a lot of good advice everything from home, auto, home insurance, church, organization. I'm sure we could probably talk and go into the weeds on a lot more things, but um, I, we'll just leave it there um, for today. But um, where can listeners connect with you? If, if they need to, uh, to get with you, if they have questions, what's, what's the best way to connect with you? Oh, perfect. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on, Nate. Really enjoyed it. So my Twitter account that I created when I was 14, John, at Jonathan August Gall, the longest handle ever. You can connect <laughs> with me there. Um, Facebook, of course. And um, yeah, happy to, to, if I can help anybody that listens to your show, more than happy to, to do that or even be just a second set of eyes uh, on, on something. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, I would that. encourage all our listeners to do that. If you've got insurance questions, if you want to make sure you've got the right type of coverage, I mean, because let's face it, for, for most of us, we're not well-versed in insurance or the terminology. And so sometimes, yeah, you just need a second set of eyes. Maybe it's for your business. Maybe it's for your church. I, I know John will be able to help you out. Well, uh, thanks again, John, for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you have a great day, and I will see you on the next episode.